0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Dragon's Demise, the podcast about what happens on, around, and behind the tabletop. I'm Greg B, joined today by Leslie. Hello! And Jacob. Hello! Uh, And today we're going to be continuing our recap from Origins 2018 by talking about many of the amazing games we played. We added it all up. We played over 25 games. So we're going to do the best we can to get to all of them, but I don't know if we'll be able to do them all justice.
1: Might not be a comprehensive list. There might be a few that it's just like, oh, yeah, we forgot that we played this, and it was a lot of fun, but there were so many games. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Which is a good problem to have. Very Mm -hmm. good problem to have. To be honest, so. Yeah, I don't even know where to start.
1: Well, let's start at the beginning. We started off the weekend by by playing some Rising Sun. We did. We did, yeah. Uh, And that was the Wednesday, I believe.
2: Yep, so we hung out in Hall A pretty excited to show off Hunter's fancy painted miniatures. Mm-hmm. It was so fun to watch everyone come by and just look at the miniatures and see how they were painted. And mm-hmm. the Seamon folks came by and took some pictures. And- yeah.
0: Yeah. And those were super impressive. I mean, the, the sculpts on those miniatures are already so intricate and detailed and to be able to like, just get in there and take the, the amazing level of detail that's already there and just amp it up with paint hunter did a really amazing job with those yeah mm-hmm.
2: it definitely increases the level of enjoyment of the game which for I'm sure he yeah, appreciates definitely because mm-hmm. uh, overall as a just a game style i wouldn't put rising sun as one of my favorite game styles but i definitely really enjoyed playing it that time so that was, it was mm-hmm. a good good time
1: yeah definitely yeah it was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> jacob's still a little bit
0: salty about getting totally yeah, stomped in year sa- two. Salty. I, I may
2: I, have I taken his tried. monster hostage monsters no, no, no you're right. You only took one. I only on the... I took one of your. Mo- it just yeah. happened to be the monster that you had put your whole strategy around. Yep. And I did not win, but I, I lost by only two points to yep. Jason. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, a pretty good game.
1: It was, it was fun.
2: And that actually was not the first game we played. Yes,
1: I overlooked one, a we, very important one.
2: The first game we played was Spirit Island because the second we were all together in the same place, we had to play a five person game of Spirit Island. Yep. yep and teaching someone how to play Spirit Island in a five player game when the fifth person has never played before it was a unique <laughs> experience but Jason ran with it and he yep. appreciated everything and um, he, he was with it yeah, yeah I think
0: I mean he even joined us for the second game that we played later in the week yep. so I mean he clearly enjoyed it yeah for well, sure well
2: yes they all decided they were going to play Spirit Island and it was already one o'clock in the morning yeah yep. and so I went to bed
1: <laughs> that was a smart thing to do it was we make really good decisions when yes, we are together yes we do
0: Um, But yeah, it was a blast. It was our first time playing on the five player mat, And you know, obviously, when you play on that side, you are also playing on the thematic side. So there was just a lot going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was, you know, multiple boards where we were like, ah, we're overwhelmed. Um, But you know, everybody was pretty cohesive about you know responding to threats on the board and getting their presence across the map if they needed to. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun.
2: We and did we have to winning. take a break yeah. to sleep the first game cuz we played till about one in the morning and and that's when I I just need sleep. I just can't yeah. I can't hank it. I get to a certain point and unless it's the last night of a convention and I'm surrounded by friends, I probably don't have the energy to to make it any further. So Yeah. That's <laughs> fair. But yeah, it was it was still a good time. And then we woke up and finished the game. Yeah. so Which was exactly. a great way to start the morning. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It <laughs> was a really good way to kick off the convention because we love that game sure. so much.
0: But we also played, you know, those are those are games that we brought. Uh, right. We also got to play a bunch of games that were either demos or that we picked up while we were there. Mm-hmm. And there were tons of those.
2: So the theme of the week was how many city games can we play yeah. there yep. for a while? I played London mm-hmm. uh, with some friends. My friend JR brought it, and he's always good for a good Euro game. Mm -hmm. Um, And I will admit I didn't love the game. I do typically like Euro games, but there was just something about the card element that was not jiving for me that particular day. Mm -hmm. I may have to try playing it again uh, before I make a final decision, but I just got frustrated with the cards I was getting and I wasn't able to make them into a a cohesive strategy. Sure. So that felt pretty frustrating. Uh, But everybody else had a really good time. Uh, We played Mm -hmm. with Dina, um, who we mentioned on the last episode, and Jr, who's fantastic, and uh, Hunter, my husband, played with us, so yeah, it was a good time. What other city games? Uh,
1: We played Warsaw Um, City of Ruins. Yeah, Yeah, I missed that one.
0: You were super excited about, Jacob, because I know, know, obviously, you feel sort of an attachment to Warsaw.
1: I mean, it's a game about Poland, Uh, yeah. I think (laughs) in the same way that Leslie has an attachment to games about Russia, I have an attachment to games about Poland. Makes sense. Uh, So I've been excited about that since we talked to Luke about that at International Tabletop Day, Uh, Luke from North Star Games. And uh, we got to play it. It's it's an interesting game. I think that it, it's one of those tile laying games, but the, it has a really cool mechanic of being able to stack tiles on top of each other. So overbuild them. Mm-hmm. And when you overbuild, it, it's actually cheaper. And, and being able to use that mechanic is, is pretty interesting. And I mean, Hunter wiped wipe the floor with us, <laughs> like completely and utterly I yeah, think, he by did. at least 50 points to the next person. And so there was that, but I think that after, if I played it a few more times, I'd get the hang of exactly like what is the best strategy for it and all that. And, and I, in general, like tile lane type games, so. Right. So it was fun. I played Carthago with JR and Hunter, and that was interesting.
0: Uh, another sort of Euro style, but pretty easy to pick up once you kind of get a grasp of the core mechanics. Uh, you're trying to build the. It's it's actually not a trading dominance as much as it is a political dominance. You're kind of trying to combine power in acquiring resources with influence in seats on the council, and all of that sort of gets converted into points. So it was a lot of fun, very gorgeous artwork, very uh, highly stylized, and it was a lot of fun. I'd definitely be willing to play that again.
2: Yeah, I also played with JR and Hunter Bruges, Mm -hmm. And if it makes you feel any better about Warsaw, I smoked them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'd never played before. Hunter loves Bruges. Bruges is a Steven Feld game. It is sadly out of print. And every birthday and Christmas and... uh, I check what the crazy price of Bruges is in that particular month, and it just hasn't come down below, like, $200. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're just hoping it gets reprinted. But, you know, I had never played the game before, so I didn't really know what a good strategy was. And I just figured, you know, getting good resources out from the get-go seemed like a good plan. Mm -hmm. And it worked for me, and I, I beat them by, like, 20 points, which is it felt like a lot so yeah, yeah, um, sure. and they i think they just were super into their strategies and i was into whatever strategy my cards happened to present to me so that worked out for me and i actually really enjoyed it again though it's it's out of print and the expansion which we played with as well is also out of print so uh, if you get a chance to play Bruges, I highly recommend it, but uh, it may be difficult to find, and I apologize.
0: Bit of a grail game.
2: Well, yeah. Every time we see JR, it's please bring Bruges. <laughs> please bring Bruges. <laughs> Don't forget to pack Bruges. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then uh, I think rounding out the city theme games, you got a chance to play Rurik, which you mentioned uh, previously your friend Stan designed.
2: Right. So, well, Rurik, Don of Kiev... Kiev being the city there, Rurik is actually uh, the Rurikovich dynasty, uh, was the ruling class of that area, of, of the Kievian Rus at the time. And the game, it's a worker placement game. I, we demoed about one round of the game at the mm-hmm. booth. The game's hitting Kickstarter in July, I believe. We do say for sure in the interview when it is hitting Kickstarter, but gotcha. I will be backing it. And it's awesome worker placement Euro style game with a lot of history, uh, amazing art. um, And you're playing as the descendants of of Vladimir after he has passed and who is going to take over rule of the area at the time. So you're playing prince and princesses of Russia. So it's pretty cool. Awesome.
0: Mm -hmm. Awesome. You mentioned, so you got to play that at the demo table and there were actually several games that we got to play at demo tables this weekend, Warsaw was one, but also mm-hmm. Gamma Grunts, the game, which is designed by our yeah. our friend Josh Hipsher at Hipline Industries. Gamma Grunts, we got to demo sort of the first turn or two mm-hmm. of that. And that was really interesting. You're like a mad scientist trying to take over the world and they describe it as a deck smash game. So yep. it's a deck builder game where you're acquiring cards from a center row, but you have a, a mechanic called smash, which is where you actually like destroy cards from your opponent's deck so it's got much more player interaction than you usually see in a deck builder um, mm-hmm. and that that was really fun to to play and really interesting i'm excited to pick that up again
1: for sure for sure and and uh that's also going to be on kickstarter i believe uh the week after gen con so yep. uh, be sure to keep your eye out for that and then there was another one that uh, actually leslie you saw first and then brought us over to
2: <laughs> yeah um, so we were we had a lot of meetings on Friday, and I saw that there was a gap in our schedule. And I said, there's this game I really want to demo. And so I'm going to drag you guys over, and we're going to demo this game. And thankfully, Greg and Jacob are pretty nice guys, and they've just followed me. And <laughs> uh, so we sat down to, to demo a game called Tea dragon Society, and it is ridiculously adorable reader
0: i died yes
2: (laughs) (laughs) um it's really cute the art is adorable it's based on a graphic novel about a society of people who care for tea dragons funny story the little dragons are just so cute and there's really basic deck building mechanics it's a really light game Mm -hmm. a game that's easy to teach and easy to play and between the three of us we bought five copies of tea dragons
0: cleaned them out Um, Mm -hmm
2: and i was informed later that it was our fault that they sold out but uh the game is going to be available for (laughs) wide release this month so that should be pretty easy to get your hands on but i played it i bought a copy for my friend who watched our cat while we were out of town Mm -hmm. and she just commented that it was so calming it was Mm -hmm. you know so calming and relaxing and just to sit down and be able to play a pretty Mm -hmm. light game and enjoy the adorable art of the tiny dragons playing with balls of yarn and Mm -hmm. other things on the cards. So if you're looking for something like that, I highly recommend it. Can't go
0: wrong with T-Dragon Society. Yep. A couple others we got to demo. You guys got to demo Rising 5, which I know was super exciting. Leslie, you said that you were drawn in by the statement that it was a logic game. Yeah. With, what was, I forget what the other element was, how you described it.
2: Well, he called it a logic puzzle. Yeah. So first, Hunter had demoed the game, and he didn't want to pick it up if I wasn't interested in playing it, so he tried for many days and hours to drag us over to demo Rising 5, and finally forcibly brought me over to the booth, and I sat down, Jacob sat down as well. And the first words out of the demo person's mouth were, "This is a logic puzzle," and I was like, "You can buy it now. <laughs> I'm <I've> sold." <laughs> I, as a kid, I loved those logic puzzles with the little graphs, and you know, this thing about this person and this person has a green shoe, and this person has a blue t-shirt, and you have to figure out who has the red pants, you know. And I, I don't know why I loved them so much, but I, I did, and, and I haven't done those for years. So this looked like a, a fun time. It's a cooperative game and the other fun element is the app um it's Mm. got an app component where you use the app to determine where you're at in the puzzle gotcha so with which uh sigils are correct and incorrect and potentially in the correct spot or not in the correct spot and Mm -hmm. um i really love alchemists so yeah, i was just thinking that so like the first time i played alchemists i was more excited about determining which I wanted to know all of the different ingredients and what they all corresponded to, and I actually figured them all out during the <laughs> during the game. And that was more important to me than winning the game. Right. But yeah, so we really did enjoy that. It is cooperative. So you have five characters within the game, um, and each character has a different ability, and you get cards with the different characters on them, and you can take actions as those characters, and everybody collectively can u- move those characters. Yeah. Um, so when we played the demo, the demo person had... Everyone lay their cards out, which I think for a demo makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. Um, But unfortunately, as a cooperative game, it does lead a bit to quarterbacking if you do that. So I would say once you know how to play the game, Mm -hmm. have everybody have their cards in their hand. And I think that would lead to a more uh, universally enjoyable experience.
1: Probably. probably. Makes sense.
2: But we did pick up a copy of the game. Jacob yep. picked up a copy of the game. Mm-hmm. So between the team of Dragon's Demise, we have two copies of Rising 5. Yep. And I'd actually be interested in playing that one alone. I don't mm. typically play solo games, but figuring out a solo logic puzzle, I'm all about... Sure,
1: yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty fun game. I, I did like just how it worked, and it's it's one of those... Like, I do like Alchemist, but it's one of those games that I can't really bring to table very much because it is a decently complex game, and yeah. like with the app and everything like that, you're, you've are you got a lot going on. Uh, this is almost like a lighter cooperative version of that, and, and I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, so other stuff we got to demo. Uh, the Paw Warrior guys, yeah. Ben and Josh, we got to sit down and demo their games... Uh, both of their games, actually, yeah. Ambiria, mm-hmm. and as well as Ogre Cheerleaders, which is mm-hmm. the new one that they have. Uh, and I picked up Ogre Cheerleaders right away. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's really super light. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a two-player only game. You can you can flex to have more, but it's designed for two players. And it's it's really simple. I compared it to like Gin Rummy. Yeah, you're basically you've got a formation of cheerleaders in the center, each of whom has a associated number mm-hmm. and a team. And you, on your turn, you play cards into the edges of the formation, which have an effect. And then you can score based on whether there's straights or runs or flushes or or pairs, you know, and what have you. And it's just, it's really quick. It's simple. I think it plays in like 10 minutes.
1: Something like that. 10 to 15 minutes. Maybe even
2: less.
0: Yeah. It was a blast. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just a great, it's a great game for travel. You could play it. We didn't, but you probably could have played it on Mm -hmm. the seat back tray table Mm -hmm. thing on the flight. And it's just, you know, quick, lighthearted fun.
1: Yeah, for sure, it it really was a lot of fun. And then we also got to sit down and actually finally play Illimat. We did, yeah, I remember. All
2: three of us demoed that game. Yeah. That might be the only game all three of us sat down together to play. I
1: think so, in terms of demos. Demos, yeah, yeah, Yeah. And that was a lot of fun i enjoyed the game quite a bit it was interesting it had like it was pretty much based on almost regular cards or not regular but like cards with like you know, so the, you know one through tens and then yeah the face one through tens, cards face and cards and that kind of stuff it did but, throw
2: me off when i saw like a 14 though <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah exactly it goes up to like a 14 and the mechanics behind it are very interesting i like just the physicality of it because you're actually using the box bottom as Uh like part of the game which is fun and then you have like little other pieces that you're trying to get and how when certain cards get flipped over they have certain effects that like everyone can use and they change the game and how it's played and so it's a lot of fun and That's going to be our next Board Game Bistro.
2: We're very excited. Yes.
1: So keep an eye out
0: for that. We're going to be teaching you how to play. We're going to be talking about some just atrocious food puns. Yes. Uh, You (laughs) know, like we do. But yeah, Board Game Bistro for Illumat is going to be dropping soon. Mm -hmm.
2: I'm not sure how I'm going to decorate my kitchen for that, but it'll be entertaining.
1: Maybe I should film it in black and white. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, there you go, noir style.
2: Maybe I have like a cloak with a hood. <laughs> I anyway. was thinking
0: we could get your, your wizard cloak and just treat it like a secret society because that's sort of yeah. the theme of the game. right? True. So.
2: It's funny, the more we talk about games we demo, the more games I remember that I demoed. I do want to mention Five Minute Chase yeah. by mm, yeah. our friends over at Board and Dice. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're looking for a very quick, very entertaining, fast-paced, real-time game, yeah. uh, Five Minute Chase is that. We actually picked up a copy after Mm -hmm. demoing it Um, one person is playing the police chasing the other person through the city and the person going through the city who's I guess robbed the bank or something has to go to three different locations before ultimately getting to the hideout because he has to get the keys and he has to get this other thing and that the person playing the police has to look at these tiny little faces on the cards to determine which direction someone went so uh, it's it's a little stressful because it's real time, uh, but it's very short, so that makes it kind of okay in my book. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It was very entertaining, a lot of fun. So we did pick up that. I also demoed Sleepy Hollow from Great in the Games. So unfortunately, I, my character died really fast, Oof. which uh, you know we could have recycled, gone back a turn because it's a demo and you know and it's a cooperative game. Right. But I am curious to see where that game goes. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I do, of course, you know, we love Spirit Island, I love Sentinels of the Multiverse. So I, I do always kind of pay attention to the games coming from greater than Games. I love their stuff. I'm going to have to play Sleepy Hollow again. Sure. It does look like there's an intriguing story to follow along there. Um, so, and there is built-in replayability, so I'm looking forward to trying that again, hopefully at Gen Con. There was one more that I demoed, ah, Echidna Shuffle.
0: Oh, Second- right. Yeah.
2: What I originally thought was the cutest game of Origins before I found T-Dragons. Echidna Shovel is pretty much a children's pick-up-and-deliver game where you're marching these tiny little plastic echidnas across a board. And it's really cute because (laughs) there's tiny little echidnas. And I wanted to buy it for my niece, but uh, it didn't work out. I think they sold out. Um, They Mm -hmm. also only took cash, and I never was able to get to an ATM, but... I'm hoping to pick up a copy of that for her as well. Uh, so if you're looking for a good game to play with some kids, I would definitely recommend that. You you go to little locations and you pick up bugs and then you deliver the bugs back to your house.
0: That sounds adorable. So yes. cute. And there's little like miniature echidnas, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, they're like two and a half, three inches tall, like plastic echidnas with little plastic bugs that sit, that there's like a peg on them that oh, go okay. into your back. I was a little bitter that Hunter got to be the bees.
0: Aww. But mm. I was
2: butterflies, so it was okay.
0: All right, Those are the games that we sort of demoed and sort of found almost gems in some cases, uh, mm-hmm. but there were some games as well that were like the talk of the convention, the hotness. Yep. And those were Reef and the new century game, Eastern Wonders. Yeah. Eastern Market? Yeah. Eastern- <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, so every you know everyone knows Century Spice Road, um, and then Plan B released the sequel to that game, Century Eastern Wonders, which involves placing little markets on tiles. Mm-hmm. But here in D.C., there's actually a place called Eastern Market, right. which is
1: coincidentally where the friendly local gaming store is. Right. right. So we're there relatively often. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we kept calling it Century Eastern Market, and. And it's not, this is a term of endearment, Plan B. We're not making fun of you, we promise.
0: Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so we acquired copies of mm-hmm. both of those games. Yes. I think you guys had a chance to demo Century before you bought it, or nope. nope, just bought it blind. No,
2: the line to, so Century Spice Road was very popular last year at Origins. It released it last year, and then actually Hunter got into that line immediately and was still like that line wrapped around their booth twice wow yep which from what i understand is it's pretty common at gen con to see that not as common from my understanding, to see that at Origins. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, we were able to pick up a copy. We got it signed by the designer, Emerson, who was very nice very nice. gracious. That's mm-hmm. awesome. You know, we picked up a mat for Jacob's Gollum edition and had yes. him get that signed too. We just thanked him because he makes such great games that are so much fun. Mm -hmm. And uh,
0: we had a chance to play a couple rounds of it. I know we played one that was sort of a standalone Mm -hmm. uh, because Eastern Wonders can't actually be played standalone. Yes. And then there was also, we played a game where it was combined with Spice Road. Yes. uh, Because you can do that as well. And so both, I think, were interesting. I wasn't in the standalone game, Mm -hmm. but you guys were talking about how you know, instead of having merchant cards that you play from your hand to make trades, you've got basically like market stalls on an archipelago that you perform trades at. Yeah. And then you acquire cards or acquire cubes using uh, harvest action, I think yes, you called it. Yes, yes, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And then how how did that compare to like the game that we played where it was synthesized?
1: Um, I'm not sure which version I like better. I I think that uh, both of them work very well. Mm hmm. The movement mechanic in the base game of uh, Eastern Eastern Wonders. (laughs)
2: Not Eastern Market. Not
1: Eastern Market. In the base version, like the movement mechanic to me makes sense, but almost seems limiting. The fact that you can only move like one space per turn unless you like put down spices pretty much. Well, you can
2: pick up that ability.
1: Which gives you up to two. Right. But it's just like, it seems it for me it, it was just a little bit of that kind of too much of of that type of uh thing and not enough of the, the like you know choosing what kind of engine you want to do because for example if you're playing century spice road your engine is all based on the cards that you pick up right and so you can create your engine like that and adjust on the fly like that whereas here it's just like if one of the tiles that you need for your engine is across the board you have to very much change your entire engine in Mm. order to either get there or not use it Mm. so for me that was a little bit frustrating which is why i liked the uh the version that had the century eastern wonders and century spice road combined because you do have the cards so it's Almost like you can use the combination of the two where like you have part of your engine in your hand and part of your engine on the board, Mm -hmm. which I actually really did enjoy.
0: Yeah, I thought that was an interesting, like a sort of interesting way to combine the two games. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought it played pretty well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I will say after playing the standalone and then the combined version, being able to cruise straight across the board to pick up the... Mm-hmm. tile that I wanted to get mm-hmm. immediately was pretty great. Yes, and for sure. It's definitely more flexible in mm-hmm. the combined yeah. version. Yep. The Eastern wonder by itself is definitely a different challenge.
1: Right. Yes, exactly. They're slightly different feels. I don't know if either of them is better than the other, but I do enjoy them both. Yeah. And then Reef was the other sort of big hit yes. at
0: Origins this year. Another kind of aquatic or maritime mm-hmm. Game also, also designed for and- also designed
2: by Emerson. Yep.
0: Oh. Okay. Well, clearly he's
2: the he's the Origins guy. He's the yeah. guy. The um,
1: hotness um, at Origins.
2: Yeah. yeah. We, we were eating tacos mm-hmm. across the street for breakfast. Yeah. And Tom Vassell walks by and just says, "Hi, by Reef," and walks we away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I actually got to play with Tom mm-hmm. uh, oh, and nice. Mike uh, while they were waiting for people to come back to the Dice Tower booth. Mm-hmm. One of the nights we were hanging out in Halsey, uh, yep. so they were breaking out Reef and his, you know, four-player game. So Hunter and I sat down and played a game. Mm-hmm. We were waiting on you guys, I think. Yep. And it was fun. I mean, I will say when you first look at this game, it looks like a children's game. It, it looks really like, does very much. It looks like Fisher Price tiles, mm-hmm. but don't let that fool you.
0: Nope. Yeah, there's some complexity there. Basically, you're yeah. you're using uh, four different colors of coral to build colors and shapes to build a reef and Mm -hmm. then scoring points based on certain configurations. So you have cards in your hand and each card can be played in one of two ways. You can either play it to put usually two pieces of coral. I think it's exclusively two pieces of coral into Mm -hmm. play each turn and you can put them anywhere on your four by four grid, or you can stack them on top of other coral that already exists. So So there's only four by four. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's deceptively small. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you you know once you've done that once you've sort of gotten the coral into the configuration that you want you can score based on a combination of the patterns of color sort of on the grid horizontally or on the heights of your your mm-hmm. coral towers vertically so uh, there's a lot of, of nuance that goes into into scoring any given card and it's kind of fragile a little bit honestly if oh, yeah. someone you know takes the card that you were looking to draft mm-hmm. um, and uses it themselves or or what have you
2: and in a perfect world, you can both gain tiles and score on the same card.
1: Yes. Right, yes. yes. Each of the cards is both. And it's very hard to get both of them to, to a point where they'll both help you out in, in a big way. That yeah. was
2: my consistent goal. Yeah. And I succeeded in it all but like twice, I think. Mm-hmm. And one time I thought I had it and I didn't.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we had an issue. Like we played with Jason as well. Yeah. And at one point, they, we forgot about one of the rules. I was like, wait a minute. No, we can't do that. You can't double count any of the actual coral tiles. Right.
2: Also, we played, and I think this is true of most gaming conventions, you pick up a lot of quick play at the bar kind of games. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. One of the games that uh, caught... Hunter's attention while we were sifting through all of the games. We, we listened to a bunch of the podcasts and video stuff on our way to Origin. Mm. So, and that's sort of a board game convention tradition because, you know, you're in the car for a while but if you fly you can't bring home all of the board games you bought. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness you guys drove. You can try. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the n- games that caught Hunter's attention on that was Orc Olympics, and it was super funny because we were hanging out also at the taco shop. Mm-hmm. We ended up at the taco shop n- numerous times, and yes. I don't am not exactly sure why it didn't get a mention on our last episode as food, but the tacos were very good. Yeah. Um they take a little bit of time, though, just to warn you. Mm-hmm. So Hunter looks over and he sees someone with a box of Orclympics. and he says, "Oh, hey, how is that game?" And we were immediately invited to play it. Uh, <laughs> there
0: we go. <laughs> that's that's Origins for you.
2: Yeah. So and, and it that's tur- Hunter for you. It yes. is. <laughs> uh, and it also turned out that they were the, from the company that mm-hmm. designs the game, Brain oh, Games. Oh. All right. Yeah. So. Jason, Hunter, and I played with the two guys from Brain Games, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a great time. And it's a very entertaining little quick card game about orcs and elves and whatnot in the Olympics. And, and they're little, they have yeah. like a, a strength competition and a um, speed competition. It's sure. very light, very like cute art. I would play that again in a mm-hmm. bar um, and the other game that I actually I picked I learned this game last year at origins picked up a copy of Gen Con and I carry it with me when I'm traveling is scroll or die. It's by fight in a box games who's also at some point designing a game about a space princess and I'm very excited for that day. Yep. I haven't I haven't seen anything on it recently. But squirrel or die is a tile laying game where you everyone is a squirrel and you're the, you spend the first round which is uh, autumn hiding your food and hiding all of this the skulls that will ultimately kill everyone
0: I'm sorry the the what the skulls the skulls
2: yeah little there's like poison and there's a cat and different other things that might end up killing the squirrel mm-hmm. and then the second half of the game goes very quickly it's Winter. So you spend winter uncovering your food. And sometimes you uncover a cherry or a plum or an acorn. And sometimes you uncover poison or a trap or a cat. (laughs) Unless you collect one of the special tiles that gives you like an extra life. Once you collect three skulls, you're dead. So the game goes very fast. It plays in less than 10 minutes. The person who goes first is the person who can make the best squirrel impression. Nice. Um, And it's just very lighthearted, super Mm -hmm. cute. It's midnight and we're waiting for our friends to finish playing secret hitler yeah eh, kind of a game to play yeah yep. so. just
0: a good in between
2: game yeah
1: yeah mm-hmm. speaking of in between
2: <laughs> yeah. did you see that segway I did.
1: flawless uh so yeah i picked up a few games that i didn't actually get to play um and one of them is in between uh, this game is from board and dice as well and it looked fun it's pretty much uh, stranger things the board game yep two people vying for the souls of the people uh in a neighborhood one person going for the evil side and one person going for the good side right and so you're just vying and it's almost like a tug of war type game so it seemed very interesting and so uh, i decided to go ahead and pick it up there you go that as well as multi-universum which is a kind of like card-based like universe kind of like Galactic Empire type of game. Okay. I like the sound of this. Which I don't know all too much about, but when I was interviewing Irek, he said that it's like it was his game that he would take to a desert island. So uh, I was like, that is a very, very high praise. Even if it is your own game. Like that is <laughs> that is pretty high praise. Because I mean we we asked that question a few times of some other people and barely any of them actually chose their own games. Right. Yeah. They chose other ones. So when like someone you, does, it's uh, it makes me take notice. So yeah. I went ahead and picked that one up too.
2: You know, right. when you make your own game, you playtest it a lot, and you might not want to be right. stuck on a desert island with it. Yeah, playtesting it forever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fixing it and changing it. Uh, yeah. We we also picked up um, Black Orchestra, which is a cooperative game about killing Hitler. Uh, very always fun. Yep. Historic. You you know you play year by year through World War II,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I didn't. I've not gotten a chance to play this yet. But I, Hunter has degree in history, and he he loves World War II. Um, we've been to a lot of World War II museums, and I was like, I some I heard somebody talking about this game, and I told him you need to go buy this game for yourself. It's, it's just <laughs> you, you need this game in your life. And I did overhear them playing at home on on Wednesday excitedly killing Hitler. So it was pretty entertaining to listen to. It sounded like it was a lot of fun. Yeah, sounds like yeah. his kind of game. And then he also picked up Transatlantic, which I know almost nothing about, actually, mm-hmm. uh, except that there's a lot of ships in it, and there's a whole history book about the ships that are in the game. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's a whole history book about the ships in the game, which is really neat, and it kind of lets you... Learn more about the history of the world, which it's great when you can expand your mind outside of the board game when you're right. playing a game. So look forward to seeing what that's about.
0: It's like lore, but for real life. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then uh, we also got to play a bunch of games that we are planning to review. So, you know, a a bunch of the stuff that we've already talked about, I'm sure we'll be reviewing at some point down the line. But one of the ones that we're hoping to review probably relatively soon is DUR. Mm -hmm. Um, DUR is a social deduction-esque game, uh, except you're less trying to figure out who people are. You're not trying to determine their identities so much as you're trying to figure out uh, how you can work against them. And work and and take advantage of them in such a way that benefits you. It's very it's very politicking. It reminded me a lot of coup. Yeah. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, uh,
2: I believe the term he uses on the box is social combat.
0: Yeah, yeah. I yep. think that's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. But so you're you're basically playing uh, lesser houses of a fantasy realm named Dur, mm-hmm. um, and you're tra- trying to vie for great house status. So you're trying to scandalize your opposing houses uh, inflict cast suspicion on them and there's a really interesting mechanic where you start out favored which is that the people of dur uh, sort of generally trust you and like you yeah and you can become disfavored where they they don't trust you so much and some of your your actions are less effective mm-hmm. um and then you become vilified where you actually uh lose access to all of the core actions of the game and get Uh, an entirely new set of actions. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting. I'm looking forward to playing it a couple more times uh, and giving it a review. So keep your ears peeled. That's a malifor, but stay tuned. Uh, We'll probably be bringing you a review of that at some point in the near future.
1: Yeah, for sure. And... I believe that that's a good uh, good overview of what we've been playing at uh, at Origins twenty eighteen. Yeah, pretty comprehensive.
2: So many games. <laughs>
1: there were a lot of games. And
2: there were still games I wanted to play. I found this cute game with little like druids and in in, in uh, yeah the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were these little pastel druids, and I have I have it bookmarked. I'll show you later. Yes. Uh, and that I found like on Sunday after you guys left. Right. And there was another game that I walked by that I was like, oh, I want to try that too mm-hmm. and there's just never uh, grim grim forests. yep that one has really cool looking miniatures i hear mm-hmm. it's a pretty good gateway game yep yeah so so many more games to play
1: so many there's always more games and that's the great part about the hobby so yeah hope you guys enjoyed the the episode and we, last week's episode and last the, week's the sort of tandem origins recap
0: yeah
2: all origins all the time not anymore though but that's mm-hmm. it until uh, yeah. next year yeah.
1: yeah be sure to check out our youtube channel because all of our interviews should be up so definitely check that out the jang interviews from all of origins and then so yeah we uh we hope that you enjoyed uh this little glimpse into origins 2018 um also be sure to check out washington.com tickets are on sale now and It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of really cool people, some fun events. Uh, It's going to be a great time. Be sure to get your tickets as soon as possible because, you know, that's just good to do. And then next week, we have a review coming out. That's going to be me and Leslie. And the two of us are going to be reviewing Alien Frontiers. So
2: be sure to tune in for that next week.